All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Chesko. Gentlemen, we have a lot to discuss. Partly because it's been a long time since we've discussed anything at all. And you weren't with us last time we discussed. That is true. Two weeks ago, I I, I could not record. Last week, you could not record, which meant none of us recorded. Yeah, I had to be out of town, yep, unfortunately. Absolutely. Uh, that's okay. Happens to the best of us. I will say, Dave, uh, I had the best agenda of the season lined up last week. Of course week. you did. I mean, I, met, I had like seven segments of, of stats. Oh. And, uh, did you bring that incredible. fervor and energy this week, or did you go like, nah, screw it, I'm already into the World Cup? <laughs> Pretty sure I'm on team, nah, screw it, I'm ready for the okay. World Cup. Okay. Let me put it this way, Dave. Okay. My, we had illness in the house this Ooh. weekend. That's uh, kind of going around. It is. It's kind of going around. It is. And we had plans to go out of town on Saturday. And so that those had to get scrapped. And when those got scrapped, that meant we were just home. Like no plans, people still feeling sick. Like it was, it was a weird lazy day because I don't have very many lazy days these days in my life. Yeah. And uh, and so I had I had my pick of sports to watch. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the big tennis tournament this past weekend. I enjoyed watching. It was the, a tennis tournament. Yep, I enjoyed watching the end of the World Series. Yep, there was a really big college football game. Multiple games. Yep, but one really big one. Um, what else was there? There's something else too. And, uh, you know, then I was like, well, I guess I should probably watch some premier league highlights. Wow. That's where I'm at. Wow. Has it just fallen down the chain of importance so far down there? You know, what's funny is there were five, some NASCAR highlights (laughs) and I also checked in on some premier league games. Saw some F1 and, uh, even checked out some (laughs) curling. Oh, curling's a must. (laughs) It is it is entering into curling season again. Oh, well, fair. No, there were five matches on Saturday. I thought it was fascinating. Uh, Twenty one goals were scored in the five matches, which sounds amazing, and yet the average FPL score was fifteen. I thought that was hilarious. We'll talk about that. That is interesting. Yeah, we uh, we have to discuss game week fifteen as a whole. I'll give a few things uh, about fourteen too, since I, I missed out on that, and, and we all did to, to be able to discuss that for your listening ears. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to give a look ahead to game week sixteen, which is the final game week, Brian, before the World Cup begins. It's true, and that's when our wild card begins again as well. We get another freebie wild card to play around with for a month as we watch the World Cup. And Dave, you had an interesting point about this particular wild card and what it means. Well. I realized this the other day. I'm sure other people have. It's not like I'm a smart guy, and I'm the only one that could come up with this. But to start the season, everyone has the same amount of money. You have £100 to spend however you please, and you can set your team up however you want. The second half of the season, you get a 
a wild well you get a wild card in the first half of the season then you get another wild card in the second half of the season but everyone does it at different times right yeah. 16 weeks in everyone's going to get another wild card right in the middle and it's going to be like in the beginning where you can set your team up completely if you want to change everything however you want to do it you can change everything and everyone's doing it at the same time the only difference this time is the amount of pound dollars everyone will have. Team values have risen and fallen. Everyone's going to have different team values going into it. So technically, Scott, some people are going to have a little bit of a monetary advantage in setting your teams up. Now, Yeah, that's a big deal. It's still going to come down to can you pick the right captain. But then again, <laughs> if Erling Holland is playing, it doesn't matter. So yeah, there we go. Enough. Fair enough. We'll get into him right away here as we get started. Brian, go ahead and officially kick this thing off. Yeah, let's talk about a few of the game week's that may or may not include 14, 15, and 16. Manchester City was one of those clubs that played on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, you two gentlemen still have Erling Holland in your lineup despite his injury oh, scare? Ab- yes. I do. Okay. And Brian, you w- would you have had Holland in your lineup if you could have changed it? Yeah, so that's the, I think, I would have I would have had him in my team. I don't think he would have been in my starting eleven. I probably would have benched him. Uh, given Before you say why he was in my lineup because I was going to be in a place where I didn't know what my internet connection was going to be and probably no cell service. So I was I had had set my lineup a day early and it was it was done and dusted. Brian had a different thing happen. Well, yeah, because on the more the morning of uh, the Saturday morning. Uh, we had a, a later a later deadline because the first game didn't kick off here in the Eastern Standard Time, United States, until 11 a.m. Uh, so a 9.30 deadline compared to normally what is a, a 6 a.m. deadline. I think the early games normally kick right, off at 7.30, 730 Eastern here Eastern in the U.S. Time, yep. So 6 o'clock, an hour and a half before that. So to have that extra, you know, to you know, not till nine thirty to have till that long, you have like even a normal, you can have breakfast, and make your decision. So just wow. living like like uh, living like, like, living like kings. Royalty. I mean, if we know one thing, Dave, is that Brian makes his best decisions over breakfast. Yeah, oh, for, for sure. sure. As do I. If so, I can make my FPL decisions over breakfast, and, but. At, so one of the the big issues of the of the the week was what is the status of Holland's foot and ankle injury, and then you know Pep gave you know his typically unhelpful answer about the status of a lot of the players from you know from Manchester City from their midweek match, and talked about Holland's foot issue, also dealing with a fever, all of those things. Holland is spotted in training though anyway on last past Friday. And then Saturday morning, so the whole everything was coming down to: Will there be early team news prior to the deadline? Team news and ticks has become the go-to early right. lineup leak site. And by nine fifteen a.m., the L- Manchester City lineup was known: Holland and Foden benched. So. The cry went out across at least the Twitterverse, probably on Instagram as well. I think that's where they actually leaked it. Either way, by 9.15, it was known that Holland and Foden were benched. The app and website promptly crashed. (laughs) So from that point on, they were down. 
There was no transfer capability on either place. With 15 to 20 minutes. With 15 minutes to go before the deadline. So there is no way in the world, given what I knew, knowing that it was Fulham, I was not going to have Holland. Probably, I was not going to sell him, but he, I most certainly would have benched him. And my plan, I had already made two moves. I was going to take a minus four and sell Edouard from Crystal Palace, who was triangled, for Julian Alvarez and put Alvarez in. I don't. I can't say for sure that he would have been my captain. I would have thought about it. My vice captain this week was Miguel Almiron. I would have. I would have. You know. I would have debated that. I'm sure right up to the deadline. Unfortunately, there was no debate because I couldn't do anything. I tried to make the transfer multiple times between nine fifteen and nine twenty nine fifty nine. You know what I mean? Error every single time. There was some suggestion that. Uh, People had some success, like doing it, doing the transfers in the app, closing the app completely, and then coming back to it. And it was like doing the changes that way. I didn't try that. I wouldn't have even thought to do that. I would have thought, and eh, ten minutes, it'll be back up. This is just the mad rush. Websites do this. This is like a selling website. Like somebody's got a Nintendo. Yeah, the Nintendo Switch back in stock now. Oh, they got PlayStation 5s at BestBuy.com. I'm right. going to wait in the queue to get one. That's what I thought it was going to be. I was wrong. 15 minutes, error every single time. So for 15 minutes, I could make no changes. I couldn't change my captain, didn't do anything. I, at minimum, would have taken the captain off of Holland if I would have known he was on the going to be on the bench. So all of that to say... Tennis legend Andy Murray tweeted shortly after the deadline, FPL site is shocking, crashes every week before the deadline with a thumbs down emoji. And he's right. Is that, like I what other like the so many content creators saying the same thing. Not even an explanation as to why. Not even an acknowledgement. The most amazing single thing that happened is that all the scheduled tweets still went out. <laughs> so FPL official Twitter, like the very next tweet was, how many points are we scoring this week? <laughs> <laughs> With like 10,000 responses of something along the lines idiots. of, are you serious? Uh, uh Get the second one was the best one because it said, guess who's on the bench with a picture of Holland and Foden. And it was like, yeah, we knew that at 9.13, but your app and website wouldn't let us do this. Unbelievable. Anyway, all I could think is if this was something that you had had actively happen to you, that you would have just, the first thing you would have said is, that's it. That's the end of this idiotic game. Why would you bother with this? You can't even figure this out. Your tiny Amazon server can't handle a, a single game week? I've been saying this because for years. Because of one leak? Yeah. And it's the second week in a row that this has happened. Yeah. They have a 286. Most you millennials don't even know what that is, running their server. It's insane. I mean, if FPL's not going to take its own event seriously, why should the rest of us, right? The second stupidest outcome of this is that there was a... a not significant, but there were some, a number of people, I put can't air quotes people hard enough, who had some form of a response to everything 
basically suggesting that if you're waiting for a lineup leak, that it's some that it's like cheating. And all I could think is, you have a FPL. Is it the only fantasy game that has a deadline that's an hour and a half prior to the kickoff of a game? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's that's the, the joke. Absolutely. So, it was, it was it, an hour. And then they made now it worse. It's an hour and a half. Not only that, is it the only game that doesn't allow, like we've talked about this every, every year. You, every other game allows you to make changes up to the deadline of whatever each time frame kickoff is. So you can change. You can swap someone in and out of your lineup. NFL football you know, this is not an NFL football podcast, but there's a 9.30 a.m. game this Sunday. And if you have players in that, you can change before up to 9.30. There's a noon kickoff. There's a 4.05 and 4.30 and then 8.30. You can change your players no matter what all the way up to those kickoffs in all of those games. Once and they start playing, you can't change Once they them. start, you can't change. There are no substitutes after. So if you have someone who's not playing in your lineup, tough luck. But either way... You can make changes all the way. Every game does that. How is it possible that this game doesn't allow for that? It's so hard and fast an hour and a half before. Like, how is more information? Like, honestly, if if there's anyone who somehow thinks that getting more information is some unfair <laughs> advantage, you're an idiot. You're a complete and total idiot if you think that. Well, especially because it's 2022. Oh. Of course, there's going to be lineup leaks. There's going to be journalistic, you know, uh, stories and tip-offs and things like that. I don't. I mean, this is FPL handling fantasy sports the same way the league handles officiating, and the same way that they handle playing the game. That's the other thing too. Is I'm watching, you know, baseball and basketball and football and tennis this past weekend. And you know what I see? I'm I'm getting color commentary that's explaining to me the strategy behind what the players are doing. And I'm occasionally getting rules analysts. I mean, I'm getting Gene Steratore. Mm-hmm. I'm getting Dean Blandino. I'm getting Mike Pereira. It was the World Series. Telling me, no, this is for everything. This is for bat this is for okay. a random that's NBA true. game. Okay, all right, this all is right, for all a right. random college football game. All right. I'm getting rules analysts brought in to tell me this is what the referee is looking at as the replay is happening. I mean, how amazing would it be if I had that during a VAR check at the screen? Yeah. Instead, I'm getting a that color did commentator. Did you see the clip of that from like Australian, the Australian league, where they had the on pit they they included the conversation between the on pitch official and the VAR officials explaining exactly what the VAR... It was a VAR check for a red card nice. that was originally given as a yellow, and the VAR coming in and explaining it was them explaining everything that they were seeing in conversation with the on-pitch official. And it was, and I think everyone was like, this is amazing. Now yeah. you hear exactly what they're thinking. Yep. So, of course, everyone is like, Premier League fans, would you like to see of this course in your they game? Would. Like, yeah, of course. Of course we would. And and you know, before, you know, again, someone says, you know, who are you to say something like this, you know, with your American sports leagues? Well, that's the problem. The Premier League's all too willing to take the world's money so that their sport, their league, can be broadcast around the world. But that means you're also gonna get worldwide critique and suggestions for improvement. This is not uh Todd Bowley coming in and saying we need to have a North South All Star game. This is simple, simple fact. There are 
at minimum three better fantasy sports websites for prof- fantasy professional American football than there is for the FPL the FPL sure. fantasy game. Yeah. For sure. Between between ESPN, Yahoo, and uh what's the other one I'm thinking of? There's another one that's really awesome. CBS Sports? Probably. I mean that's I'm sure that's really awesome. But ESPN and Yahoo I'm thinking of for specifically, especially for football and for basketball and for like I'm just they're they're it's been done so well for so long, and I'm just thinking, yep. like, well, that's why it's huge. You can't get notes on this from. You know. can't have one meeting. No, they can. They refuse to. Just, just they refuse talk, to talk to somebody else to see how to run your fantasy game. Absolutely. Holy shit! By the way, that's <laughs> everything I just referenced from what I got to see in other sports is just about the TV product. That's not even to mention the on-field or on-court product. I mean, tennis—they don't even have linesmen anymore. They brought in Hawkeye. To to help with the challenge, like to, so the players could challenge. I love I love the calls. crowd going when the ball's like the coming in slow. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's true. But, but here's the thing: they they brought in Hawkeye so players could challenge in and out calls, right? And then they realized, well, hold on a second. Why do we even need linesmen? Now? We don't even need linesmen anymore. Yeah. Do you know that every time VAR is used to change an assistant referee's call on offside, I wonder the same thing: why? Don't we can just get rid of those assistant referees? They are worthless. Hawkeye can tell us exact or whatever they call it that VAR uses. Um, you know, as long well, as there's no they're offsides, they're still calling offsides. They're calling other fouls. There's an extra pair of eyes on the pitch. I they barely matter. I would say we need them, but anyways. But anyway, my point is: Would you rather have a second on pitch official? Yes. And that would would you rather have that? Yes. Yeah, so, change, like, this in, is changing in, the rules in, of the game. Well, hold on. In this youth, is a, this is as offensive a thing as you can. Well, have. No, 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 no. But hold on. In youth football, when I used to play ages ago, uh, you had, you had two referee formats. It was either one like we know it typically, one center ref, two linesmen, one on each uh, one on each uh, sideline, and or two referees on the pitch. And when there was two referees in the pitch, there was no referee. There was no sideline refs. Basketball does basketball does that. Yeah, no, I know. And especially Scott, the one thing you could use Hawkeye for end line and, and sidelines for sure. Then you don't need. But then if you have two referees in the pitch, that it can help. How many officials are on the ice in a hockey game? Two referees and two linesmen. There's four total officials. Hockey is awesome, by the it's way. It's awesome. Ho- it's a great Hockey product. is an unbelievable game. Four yeah. refs on such a much smaller area. Right. You have yeah. We've talked about this. A more violent smaller moving area. Moving at by lightning the way. speed. I was going to say moving yeah. extremely fast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But here's the other thing too: is if there's anything close to the equivalent of our game is perfect and beautiful the way it is, like we see coming out of the Premier League, it's baseball. It's Major League Baseball, and yet they have started. To upgrade That's the way the, they need to. Well, okay, and, and, I, and I'm telling and you, it's Dave, taken a long time. But and, it look, has. Look, let's just let's continue to hope and pray that enough voices, enough loud voices, we're getting we're getting more we're getting different owners of teams who want to see things differently. <laughs> the more American Maybe. owners we have, I think, the more vocal they are. I think. Look, owners make a difference and can in you know can Wait, initiate change. For good or for evil, I Maybe. just I, this this was one of the times that I was glad that there was a a big outcry in this instance from I would say the bigger 
influential content creator. Yeah, but are you discouraged by the radio silence coming out of yeah, FPL? Of course, it's a, it's a, I, I can't, it's it's hard to believe that you would have such like so many names of people who are running prominent statistic websites, prominent other websites that are the FPL analysis and content creation side of it who are saying not even an apology, not even a not even an acknowledgement that this is a problem. Like you're not even going to you're just going to keep tweeting as though nothing happened. This is so lame. You're not even getting the equivalent to Frank Lampard getting an apology from officials last at the end of last season, you know, like he kept insisting yeah. on getting, you know, which he got twice. At least he got apologies twice. Didn't change the result, right? But at least it was acknowledged. Yeah. Getting back to City and Fulham. Yes. You asked about Holland. I played him but did not captain him, Scott. Okay. So I'd already had that set, but I did have play him. I figured if he plays, I still want a piece of it. If he doesn't, that's fine. Sure. Uh, a lot of players, FPL players, played uh, Cancelo, Joao Cancelo. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason as, for as that, did I. part of the reason for that you average, did not. Oh, you didn't. Ca- you're, you did not captain him. You no, him. I, I played course, him. Yeah, of course you played him. You'd be part of the reason. Did he part say of, captain? No, no that's I, said I, played, I, I said played. I said played. Part of the reason, though, why the average score after Saturday was 15 is because so many of us had Cancelo, who ended up with a negative two thanks to his red card. Yeah. Any issues with that, Brian? No, not at all, and I don't think I don't think Kinsella would have been a Kinsella wouldn't have been a he wasn't a crazy captain anyway. I don't see the, I don't see why going into the week why that wasn't a you wouldn't have at least I given it a thought. I captained a defender. Trippier. Luckily, it was not Kinsella. Okay, good. Yes, it was Trippier. Great, yes. an unbelievable captain choice. It was a very rewarding captain yes, choice. Yes, fantastic. You captained Trippier. Sure did. Kinsella, unbelievable. Uh, Amazingly, uh, Dodges being out in a like a, a another plum matchup for them because despite being a complete idiot, also uh, because his one match ban was in the Carabao Cup midweek here. So lucky him. But yeah, I I am not surprised you would have you would have done what everyone else did. Uh, I'm also not surprised it's, it's the way this season is going for him that he's not the reason why they uh, almost drop points in this match. Yeah. So Pep looked very, very excited to have gotten all three points after this result. I guess so. Yeah, you think they stole him? They stole him at the end. Hey, Fulham's no joke, right? Fulham comes to play. Anytime well, a top team thinks so, they're, they're going to have an easy day against Fulham, they're wrong. Good yeah. luck. So not, but this in this case, not only did Cancelo not have to make the foul that he did. Uh, they, it was a Fulham team who was basically saying going into the match, we'll take whatever we get because uh, Mitrovic, who was fine after uh, twice since he uh, his ankle injury in the uh, in international competition, uh, was all of a sudden not okay for this match. Uh, so there was no Mitrovic, uh, not even on the bench in this match. Uh, if you, for whatever reason, if you did not do what most normal people would do, if you have Andreas Pereira and bury him on the very end of your bench, if you somehow put him anywhere near your starting lineup, you were uh, the luckiest possible, as he was the uh, designated penalty taker for the, after the Kinsella red card. Handsomely rewarded. Let's skip to the match that started Sunday, a very entertaining Sunday as well. 
Uh, coming off of a uh, embarrassing loss in the Graham Potter Derby, the previous game week, Chelsea rolled into the Pierre Emerick Aubameyang Derby. Dave, oh yeah, and lost. <laughs> did you like nothing nil. personal? I was gonna say, did I'm you, back. Did you like his commercial? And I'm blue. Did you like his commercial? I love that he had to eat every minute of that. <laughs> and Gabriel, he played a whole freaking game. Touched it eight times. And you're talking about Gabrielle's tweet, nothing personal, London is red? No. Well, so you didn't see the BT Sport advertisement. No. Where they they somehow coerced Pierre Aubameyang to say, you know, in the in the advertisement, you know, he kind of shrugs it off and goes, nothing personal, but I'm back <laughs> and I'm blue. And then it has all these other things. He's the only person that a, says a, anything. A bit Tim and Eric-y kind of graphic uh, commercial for sure from uh, from for the Arsenal Chelsea match. No, no doubt. Lots of graphics. All I know is this: uh, it was many I'm explosions. Sure it was played in the <laughs> Arsenal locker room. Well, yeah, because Gabrielle tweeted after nothing well, he, personal. Oh, for sure. London's he, red. Yep, and and it was absolutely everyone knew that that was a shot. Right back at him. I, I wish he would have said nothing personal. Eight touches. <laughs> I wish I wish he would have said that. It um, is it is rich though that a defender did make that. That's no statement. listen. That's our, good. Well, and he scored too, right? So Gabriel not I only mean, was yeah, playing against absolutely. him all, all game, but but then scored, got the goal in. Uh, look, I mean that Scott, was that was. I mean that's the. You, that, you, didn't, was, you didn't luck into it. You dominated them pretty pretty well, I would say. But that was overall, like the, one of the... Was, but that was some shock defending. For from, sure. From Chelsea uh, to concede no, that. No way. doubt about it. Uh, Chelsea was playing without Chilwell. They were playing without Reese James. And But, you know, look, they're a top club. They could still put out a decent squad. They still had Sterling, Aubameyang, Kai Havertz, Mason Mount, and others on the pitch. And they could hardly register a shot. I'm not sure... Ramsdale made one effort, efforted save the entire match. Arsenal should have possibly scored three or four. If anything, you could criticize them for not being clinical enough. But when you watch the game, it did seem like Arsenal was a class above them. And that seemed, in my opinion, to be to be the absolute case. I Scott. I, go ahead, Brian. You want just, to... I can't believe I like I don't think anyone would dispute that Graham Potter is a good manager, that it's, you know, that it's, uh, you know, the Tuchel era is weird, you know, minimum for, for Chelsea. Like there's all kinds of turmoil coming out of that or whatever. Bowley's something else. Like I, you know, he's, uh, he's a, he's a wild kind of manager here. And Graham Potter's a, a good get for them though. A state very, seems like a very stable, good manager. I can't believe I a team that, that was so, even with even in like a lackluster attacking team, that they've become so utterly irrelevant to FPL, like a team that has absolutely there is not one player that you look at that you're like, yeah, I trust not only that the performance can be there, but that he's even going to be in the starting lineup next oh, week. No. Just an absolute, just just a nothing team who's a top five team. It, it is wild and. Look, I think Graham. I I like Graham Potter. It's hard. I hate Chelsea. I like Graham Potter. Uh, he makes it harder for me to hate them, although I still hate them. I I do think that it's going to take time. I mean, Potter kind of alluded to it. It's not a lack of talent. It's not like Arsenal had more talent on the pitch. It was they had more effort. Uh, they had a system that they've been in for the last year and a half, two years, depending on how long you've been with the team. 
and Potter hasn't had that. So, you know, I will say this, it, you know, it's a, the fact that Brighton rolls into the Potter's Brighton rolls into Chelsea and or Chelsea came to them. I don't remember who was home in a way. Don't kill me. But all, all I know is Brighton destroyed them. Is it that Brighton had so much more talent than them? No, it, it was the fact that Brighton was playing together as 11 best friends, Scott. Yeah. That's and Chelsea wasn't. And yeah. the same thing happened this week. It was, our, yes, Arsenal rolled into Chelsea, and for whatever weird reason, another weird stat, last three times Arsenal has played at Stamford Bridge, they beat Chelsea, which is weird. But all that being said, Arsenal was playing like 11 best friends, and Chelsea wasn't. It's going to take a and couple. And it's going to take Potter, even with talent. A couple of transfer windows. I agree. He's got to get the right guys in. He's got to get guys who are nice to each other. Well, not only that, but this is another very much in character for the season, Chelsea match. Five shots. One shot on target for Chelsea. Yeah, and, and I don't think that was a hard one. Oh, yeah. By the way, the first thing that Graham Potter needs to do is sell Kai Havertz. Get a premium penny for him. Sell I, him. Get, get rid of him. I don't know about else. that. It depends if Kai buys in. He's a younger player. I don't know about that. I would probably he just... He doesn't ag- seem to have a place where he fits in anywhere. Not with this Chelsea team. Not in this lineup. Well, maybe Potter's got to figure that out. you got to give a manager time, too. For sure, absolutely. He he deserves that. I hope that he gets that. I I you know th- these same players didn't perform for Tuchel. It'd be naive for us to think that a different manager is going to just make the same players work. No, better. no, but no, I disagree with that because we've seen it before. Different managers can come in, and all of a sudden you're like, it's like Unai Emery and Steven Gerrard, and we'll get to Villa. Like, but that's one what match. What the hell? That is a new manager bump. That's one match. Okay. That's not sustainable. That's, Potter's that's been not going to be sustainable. Potter's been there for like two matches, two or three. Uh, a little, like four. It hasn't been many. I, no, but I guess my point is I, I don't think he's going to be able to do it with these players. I think he's going to have to halfway recycle this he's roster. Got, maybe. Tuchel wasn't doing it, and he had been there. They were still, like, because I remember we had gone over the stats for them, like, weeks and weeks ago during while Tuchel was there, and they were in the bottom, I don't know, they were by like bottom seven for shots, yeah. shots on target, like a lot of the just the, the stat side of it. They just weren't creating that that much. They just <gasps> right, weren't very fine. attacking or whatever. The it's problem just isn't Kai Havertz. They need to bring Timo Werner back. Got it. <laughs> once, any, he gets, once he recovers. Yeah. Any uh, Anything you want to say about the Granite Xhaka, Trevor Chalaba? Square well, off other than the, the fact that uh, I think most people would have expected Jaka at that moment to either scissor kick him in the nuts or completely one two him, punch him in the face. He wasn't backing down, and, and it took teammates to pull him away. And my first thought, Dave, as I'm watching this, is those teammates didn't exist two years ago. Two years either, ago, either no they, one was pulling him either away. Either they didn't ex- fair. So I, I can't argue that either they didn't exist, and or granted. It felt like he, it, it, it felt like this time. Nope. He wanted his teammates to come pull him away. Yeah, like like hold me back, hold me yes, back. Yes, it felt like that. But he kept charging forward, and it took a couple of guys pulling him back and walking him away. And I just wanted to say, you know, two years ago we were complaining, like, where's the leader in this team? Right. There's no leadership. Right, right, right. No one is doing. And there are leaders now. Yeah. And it's not only showing up in those minor moments, but it's showing up in the overall results. Well, and, and Jaka had an unbelievable game. He and Partey absolutely owned the, the midfield. And if those two continue to stay healthy, if Partey, this is the Partey 
that Arsenal was hoping for when 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 they got him. I think he's finally fully fit. But man, he he turned in a performance that's not going to show up on the stat sheet. Another big match on Saturday that ended this. Game. Oh, hold on, hold on. We're not done talking to Arsenal. All right, I tried. I know. A lot of people are saying Jesus owners. There's still a lot of them. He hasn't scored in like seven or eight games. Well, you talked about how Arsenal should have had more. That really comes down to Gabriel Jesus, does it not? It does, but he's been surviving. Owners have been okay because he's been contributing some bonus points and indoor assists. And so, just what you want from your forward, right, Brian? Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Brian's right. Well, it, it would be different if every week there wasn't someone like Ivan Tony blowing up. So every single week there's been someone. Mitrovic was the first, and then you know there's since then there's been a smattering of other guys. I mean, even Solanke got you something a couple weeks I, ago. Solanke got something this week. Oh yeah, he was on. I was this furious week too. about. Yeah, it. I, I was. Yeah. So either way, there's there's just always been someone else that you're like, I can save money by getting off of Jesus to go to someone to someone lower, which helps me improve elsewhere. That has been true for many, many weeks. Scott, here, here's a question. Will Jesus be in my wild card team, my World Cup wild card team? I don't know. That actually is a legit question. He's in my team it's now. I, I like him this week against Wolves. I feel like he's due. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Also, we, we need to mention Arsenal's defense. I think they're leading the league now in clean sheets. Yeah, I, I want to talk. Well, I was going to say. And Ben White still starting like every freaking game. And again, I don't know. I don't know how else to say for the fiftieth week in a row. I don't understand how there can be such a discrepancy between in the ownership between Saliba and and Ben White. I don't no, understand it. Then again, Giving, I, given price, I am dead shocked. teams. Dead teams after understand. a few game weeks. Maybe, but I bought Saliba at four or five. He's been in my team, ride or die, from the beginning of the season. I was one of the only ones. He now, for me, is worth four point nine, but his overall price is now 5.3 he's also the third highest scoring defender shockingly gabrielle's right behind him but we are late enough in the season now where overall score is deceiving it's more about recent form than overall score it has some significance but it's not the most significant thing now that we've got i still 14. think i still think over the course of the season since week one i would love to see the points per pound now especially for ben white who's benefited uh, so many of these weeks well guys including a couple weeks where he was the one guy ben white is uh, 10 points behind saliba and his price point is 4.6 10 points for a guy that's been 4.5 for the majority of the i agree you're right shocking you are right Guys, just do what i've done have both yeah i mean you definitely own saliba and ben white saliba i had him early on not game week one and i've brought in ben white I can understand wow. that. If you're okay. not going to have two of the attackers, because I have Sokka and Martinelli in midfield with Ben White, if you're not going to do two attackers, then yeah, absolutely. They Arsenal has conceded 11 goals. All season. All season. It's better than Manchester City. Newcastle and Arsenal, by goals conceded, are your two best defenses for the season right now. 11 each. Manchester City's given up 12. Hey, that, they've been... They've been so tight, so good. They were they had that run where they were leaking a lazy goal, which Manchester yep. City has done that multiple times. You're right. This season. They were leaking lazy goals. Newcastle has done that a few times in like gimme clean sheets where you know 
Fulham nicked one at the end or whatever. Like, right. There was always a goal that kind of somehow squeaked in there. But those, but those three. I mean, that's been uh, Everton's down there too, kind of surprisingly. But still, that is surprising. No, Arsenal's been unbelievable defensively. We can't ask for anything. Anything. I just think it's worth mentioning. And then obviously Martinelli and Saka will be considerations in going into assuming assuming health. I can't imagine Martinelli. He did make the Brazil national team. Yep. I can't imagine him playing a whole lot, but uh, Saka, uh, I'm sure, will probably make the England team, and he might be starting for them. So. What I was going to say is that's I think that's a tough I think that's a tough thing because I don't know that you would want to like back off necessarily going into the competition. You know what I mean? Like why why cool yourself? Like why not just what do you mean? You don't cool want to ma- don't you well, don't want to maintain? Headed into the most important tournament you'll play in your young life, like if you if you're who are you form, referencing? I'm talking about Martinelli. I'm talking about Saka. I'm talking no, about all these guys. No, of course those guys want to play. Well, I'm just saying I don't no, think they're managers. No, that's what I mean. I feel like that's the tough. I feel like that's the tough call. You're not. You're not even remotely considering benching. No, Martinelli no, 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 no. Saka ahead of Wolves. No, not in at the all. Last week before nope. the World Cup. It is full send. Okay. Just want to make sure. Sorry. We're, okay. We're, now no, we're I just clear. want to make okay. sure we're we're not you're not advocating like well we want to make sure we preserve no Martinelli's hamstring no for sure I'm definitely not doing right. that. Okay. Ready to move on now? Hey Zinchenko is back. And Zinchenko is he now that he was back in for 77 minutes? Does that mean he's back back? I'm just saying for Wolves, one more match. I yeah. think he I think he's back back for Wolves. Look, I got all kinds of questions about like what you would the only thing that matters as far as FPL is one week punts. If you got one move to make, you got a couple moves, you want to throw somebody out there. Arsenal's as good as it's going to get. That's fair. This Wolves team, yeah. the way Arsenal's playing, a Wolves team that's not only leaking goals, uh, this Wolves down, team might get relegated. Wolves team, this Wolves team might be down seven starters across all positions going into this game against Arsenal. You think Arsenal wants to take the foot off the gas? No. After Manchester Hell City got no. points? Nope. This week? Nope. Okay. Full I just want to make sure. I'm just saying, like, this is somebody, like, you know, Zinchenko got a bonus point. All all he had to do was come back and play and he got, 77 minutes. And he got and a he bonus a seven point. for you. Unbelievable. Scott, last thing on Arsenal. Are they title contenders? Not yet. <laughs> okay. When did I say... I would start to believe. I just, I think you should change your tune, but I just, I just wanted to test it. They have to come back from this World Cup break and keep doing what they're doing. Okay. Right now, right now, unfortunately, unless there is a significant second half injury early enough, second uh, second half injury to Holland, they kind of got lucky with this little injury here, where. It's like right before the break. He's only been out for a little bit, and it's right before a break. And he doesn't play in the World Cup. Right. So they got lucky here. Any other season, it'd be a little bit more interesting heading into the festive fixtures, right? But, you know, City, lucky again. And uh, unless there is an injury early enough in the second half when the season restarts, I think it's their title. I I didn't think it would be when the season began, but now I do. I. I, of course, history should say you're probably right, and I'm not going to be you're so bold. You're talking with your heart right now. All I'm saying is this: uh, whose defense do you trust more on a day where you got to have a clean sheet? You want City's or Arsenal's? And in every tight big game, in every tight big game, the the scoring is always less. I trust Newcastle. 
<laughs> All I'm that, that so that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Arsenal's defense is better than theirs. You know, is Arsenal's offense better? No, it's not. What matters most in the biggest games? Why do you ever have World Cup finals that are what are most World Cup finals? One nil, baby. One, one nothing. Yep. Okay, so most if it comes down to a game and they will play eventually. Except MLS Cup this past weekend was amazing, crazy. And that it was, was not one nil. This is not an MLS podcast, but I saw that on this is a I saw that soccer too. football yeah. podcast. So yeah. yeah, kudos, kudos to Gareth Bale raising a trophy. What do you know about that? Uh, yeah, hopefully he's not. Hosting one in a month or the U.S. is in trouble. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's – it's all valid. I just wish um, – you know, this was brought up in our Slack workspace. Uh, we, we've been deprived of an Arsenal City early season match. I know. And it's unfortunate. It's entirely Her Majesty's fault. <laughs> of all things. But uh, – It's crazy. It's fine. Uh, but, it you know, we'll obviously hope that – the two times they it's play. just gonna build, which is gonna be fun. Hopefully, honestly, hopefully it's still significant when they play later twice. I, I do, I do hope it is. I, we would I think, have more of an educated opinion on this if they. I think played. the Arsenal. I'm telling you, Scott, the Arsenal mentality, uh, and you alluded to it just by the fact that the whole Jaka incident. There's leadership. There's something going on there, and I'm telling you, it's some. I'm not saying they're gonna win a title, but they're gonna be competing for it. If oil is what's key to success these days. Mm-hmm. You know, our, you, you, you've worked with your hands for many years, Dave. You know how, like, when you have oil and grease on your hands. I do, yeah. You, know, you wash your hands. It doesn't come out easily. Like, it Well, you stays just have to in, wash it with the right It soap. stays in the cracks of your hands, right? Like, like that's Arteta's hands right now, having not that long ago been <laughs> at Manchester City. He's okay. still got the oil and grease in the cracks okay. in his hands. All right, all send right. Him, send him some lava soap. Yeah. yeah. Black gold. Is uh, the key to success there? Okay. So enjoy it while right. it lasts. All right. Those hands are getting clean too. Interesting. Tottenham one, Liverpool two. The superstars score the goals in this one, making most fantasy owners. Salah happy. had a, a the people who stayed with him. Brian uh, were very happy with him. Now was, it's time. To, it's time to go back to Mo Salah. I was happy. I, you think? You think it's time to uh, like? Is I mean, he? Is he going to be in your World Cup he's scoring, wild card? He's scoring goals. So it's all about narrative, right? Mo Salah's price is so high, and Liverpool and Mo Salah started the season a little slower, and so we're all still in the hangover. A little slower? You're like an eighth or ninth. But Mo Salah's been scoring goals in the last eight matches. His ownership is 30.5. Here, I it's not just narrative. It's numbers, and here's why. Uh, in the last five game weeks, Mo Salah is back to old-style Mo Salah. That is a not just a it's a it it it's a tactical it's tactical. At some point, I think everyone saw what uh, it was a not not because anyone thought they were smarter than Klopp, but the the numbers we said every single week for the first ten weeks, Salah shouldn't be as creative as De Bruyne. Salah needs to not be as creative as De Bruyne. That's not what he does. And at some point, it was Klopp's got to put him back in a central place. All it took was the, it took injuries for yeah. that to happen. Which Necessity, is, which is an, which is annoying. Klopp is stubborn. He will change, but he is stubborn, Last, almost to a fault. He was a bit lucky on this brace. In fairness, yeah, However, Eric Dyer's shoulder. Last five match weeks among midfielders, he is first in shots, first in shots on target. First in shots in the box, first in big chances. He has the highest XG of any midfielder. 
and he has the most touches in the opposition box. You can just stop right now. You had me to Guess XG. what has dropped way off? Chances created. In the last five game weeks, he has three total chances created. In game weeks one through ten, he had 26 chances created, which was second only to De Bruyne. Game weeks 11 to 15, three chances created. Did you hear what I said? 26 chances created in weeks 1 through 10. Since week 11, just three. And that is your good stat of the week. <laughs> I'm just telling you, this is not like I, no one, we've said it all season. No one, I don't want crossing Salah. No, it's true. But that takes me back to my point originally about narrative, which is that we'd be talking about this in the same way we've talked about Mo Salah for the last four years if it wasn't for the slow start. We're still in that hangover of the slow start. When we come back from the World Cup, just like Holland, Mo Salah is not playing in the World Cup. When we come back from the World Cup break, you know that World Cup wild card will and should include Mo Salah. It will for me, and it should for everybody Prices will be else. frozen. He's at 12.7. Yeah, he's not coming out of my team. I When he came back in, in the for me, in the... Uh, Manchester City Arsenal blank week. That was a it was a Salah to De Bruyne for a few weeks, then an easy transfer for me from De Bruyne back to Salah, uh, and hasn't come out since. Mostly because the the you know, playing the fixtures. I mean, the fixtures have been on paper <laughs> been fantastic for yeah. Liverpool <laughs> throughout that entire thing. This was the first time where they had a not great matchup on paper, but a a Spurs team that's just down in the dumps. Right now, against a Liverpool team who's down in the dumps. Yeah, so injury was, has been huge for them. This, for Spurs. This game. Well, sh- this game should have finished three three. This 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 was not a like this was a uh, Liverpool easily could have conceded a minimum two more. Perisic should have scored at least one. Uh, this the, a, a final of two one to me. Like if Spurs, like every Spurs fan would say. If they ever start playing from minute one to minute 45, the games could be so different. Well, they just don't do it. Yeah, these are two teams that, as great as they are, and they're both very good clubs, even this season, their results really come down to who scores first. Because both of them struggle when they have, you know, that, that counter attacking style for Spurs really doesn't work into their favor when they give up the first goal. Yeah. And Liverpool has been notorious this season for struggling because they give up the first goal. Mm-hmm. Then clubs can sit back on them and they can't break it down and, and get the result they're looking for. And so once Liverpool scored first here, to me that was huge. And obviously any goal is big in football usually, but the first goal in this match felt like as big a goal as any match you'll see because – of the way both of these teams play. And just like you said, Spurs, I mean, even after, even in the second half, there were there were moments of attack that were brilliant, but for way too many minutes, like stretches of minutes, even in the second half, Liverpool's just kicking the ball around the back line. Yeah. Well, the, look, they look different without Southern Richarlison, but then again, so does Liverpool without Diaz and Jota. So it's even Steven when it comes there for anyone who wants to complain about that. Anything else on this match, Brian? 
as you shove cookie no, into your mouth. No, I mean, I have questions about <laughs> Spurs. I'm not, I like... I, uh, I'm still owning Harry Kane. In yeah. my WCWC, Harry Kane, and, and honestly, you make a good point for Salah, will we'll probably be in I, I, both of me, me in my lineup. To me, there's not, I mean, if you're talking about one week and you don't have these people, I mean, uh, Allison is a glaring one. You know, home to Southampton. I feel like not even Liverpool can screw up a home match against the soon-to-be-relegated Saints. Famous last words. <laughs> Unless Southampton somehow pull a villa and just start deciding to score in bunches after they sack their manager. Southampton's the third worst, not just third worst XG for this season, but they have a 29.9% shots on target rate so far, which is fourth worst. Uh, to me, this is a they're a shambles team, and uh, this should to me, uh, this is a good win for Liverpool. I don't nothing is fixed. However, this is such a bad Southampton team. I, I feel like it should be a nice way for Liverpool to just skate through two or three or four nil uh, as they go into a World Cup break. Let's transition into Southampton one. Oh, I was going to say Robertson. To, uh, my, one, uh, I'll just no. Say, listen, I hear. No. Listen, uh, at each level. So if you are going to spend and you you can just go crazy, money's no object, and you're picking somebody that you just want to punt on, it's not crazy to punt on Allison. Andy Robertson, in the last three game weeks, now that he's back in the starting 11, he's been in the starting 11 all three of the last three, he's first for chances created. He has two big chances created. He's been in the box, seven box touches in the box, which is fourth best for defenders. The big thing with Andy Robertson in the last three matches, 30 crosses. One of the big things that was missing from Andy Robertson for most of this season is that he wasn't the guy that was distributing. In the last three games, he is number one. Second most crosses in this in the last three games are Trent and Ivan Perisic, and they've got 23. Robertson's been way more active, way more involved. I, I'm just saying... He, uh, oh, here's another, you want another good one, Dave? Fine. 31 penalty area entry passes. So bringing the ball into the penalty area 31 times. Do you know who's second? Kieran Trippier, 27. Trent Alexander-Arnold is third with 26. Andy Robertson in the last three games, I'm just saying, Last year, there was like the second half Andy Robertson surge. I'm not saying it's going to happen again this year. I'm just saying in the last three games, you've seen a different Andy Robertson than what you've seen uh, definitely since uh, the early season struggles. Fair. I'm not denying any of those stats. The problem is he's playing in Liverpool defense. They can't hold a clean sheet. I know. I'm just saying. So, I, therefore, I, I don't want him. All of the things are working in their favor, though. Home to Southampton, to me, should should cure that. For me. All right, well, fine. A one-week punt. And at the top level of that, it, to me, is Darwin Nunez, who was pro- maybe the best player, actual, in real life, uh, on the pitch for Liverpool in this game. Uh, Darwin gets, I think, an assist. That's all his, his return that he got in here. Probably could have gotten more. And he's, it's going to be really hard for me not to make him my one transfer that I'm going to make or, or one or two transfers 
I can go from Edward to Darwin for a home game against Southampton. I, I, I'm almost certainly going to do that. Yeah, that's a good idea. A serious question. Did Allison get another assist on that second goal? I don't goal? think they credit it to him. Dyer's shoulder took it away? Yeah, yep. because okay. Dyer, because it was Exactly wasn't. how Jesus, not that, not that everything's always about Arsenal, <laughs> Jesus yeah. had a shot. <laughs> Dude, this is this is I saw last people week. I saw people saying that. I was I was yeah. last week Jesus I, I should have gotten two that. assists. I thought he shot or and the ball was deflected and then on the rebound it was then kicked in, but because the first shot was saved, he didn't get credit for the assist. I thought he should have. Yeah. Anyways, not that it's always about Arsenal, but it always is. No, it, you know, Allison had an assist for real, not just a couple weeks ago, so it would have been cool. To Allison's know. really good at that. I, I mean, no one's taking anything away yeah. from that. Southampton won. Live Golf United four. Wow! I look. <laughs> I I had this out with my brother. Or look, tell me, tell me where they had dumped money on players. Show me, show me. I understand that you're mad about their owners, but show me where this current Newcastle has just dumped ridiculous amounts of money on other people. ESAC is the only place you can go that you're like, but you know what? Anyone else would have paid that same amount of money. Look at their lineup. Look at the players they have. Oh, they brought in Dan Byrne. They brought in Bruno Gimarish. They brought in, you know, Trippier was there before there was an ownership change. I'm just saying like, and Trippier's effing old. He's playing the hell out of him. He's playing amazing, but he's freaking old. So, like, where, tell me where all you can look at him like, oh, there is the result of oil money. I just want to see it. I, I'm not saying that it won't happen. I haven't seen it yet. I credit this to Eddie Howe putting a freaking team together, and Newcastle's playing lights out. That's where I want to go with it. When it gets to the point where we can throw, we when we can say, "Oh, that signing would never happen without that money." Okay, fine. I just feel like that will be obvious. I don't feel like that obvious thing has happened yet. I could be wrong. Two things to keep in mind. Yes. Well, two. There's two answers to this. One is more public than the other. All One right. is transfer fees. And when you officially look at the players they've brought in, there's a whole lot of undisclosed. The only transfer fee I can see, as I'm looking at ESPN's website right now, looking at their transfer business in the year 2022. Transfer market is a good one for that. No good website for that. The second thing, though, to keep in mind is wages. And that's a little bit more difficult to dig into and find. And you will find a ton of inflation. It started with Kieran Trippier. But just because you – okay. I understand your point. But I guess my, what I would say to this is, like, you still got to bring in new players. They haven't been bringing in a crap ton of new players. I mean, like, again, their one of their biggest signings was, like, they did bring in Isak, okay, but he's been hurt. When he's played, he's been good. They had Almiron a long time ago. They had Trippier before their ownership change. They brought in Dan Byrne. I'm just saying... They had other players there. Uh, Nick yes. Pope. Just because you decide to bring players in and pay them more doesn't make them perform better on the pitch. So I guess that's my point. Yeah. Nick Pope, Sven Botman, Dan Byrne. Come on. Aaron yes. These Trippier, are their signings. Bruno. No James. one was banging down the Nick Pope is awesome. 
Don't get me wrong, Brian. I know you love him. I would never love slander him. him being within an arm's reach of Isaac, you. Isaac, Chris what, Wood. I mean, they brought in a ton of guys. Come on, no one, no one was pissing or moaning about Chris Wood, Botman, Dan Byrne, and or Nick Pope. Okay, so yeah, those are all. Bur- I'm not those are saying all, those are all Burnley esque si- signings. Yes, yeah, those are mid table signings. So Scott, I hear you. I just don't want to hear it yet. I just said the score. <laughs> Southampton won. Live your live tour, Barb. It got, it got your guy sacked. Hassan Hurdle is gone. I know. That bothered me. So it's I mean, funny. Really? Uh, Southampton, what, what are you going to find? They're Robbie getting Musto. relegated is what they're doing. Well, well. here's the thing. Robbie yes, Musto, they are. They're terrible. Robbie Musto made the point. You know, because Rebecca Lowe was like, you hate it when managers aren't given enough time. She's saying this to Robbie Musto, and he goes, yeah. And and he's like, you know, he, so he's been there for four years. He, he's had more time than most get. But literally in four years, this is the first time they fall into the relegation zone, and immediately he's gone. I know. Immediately. I know. Now, that is the way of things these days. And, you know, there might be something to be said for someone who can inspire that talent a little bit, at least for the short term, to keep them up. But it is what sad. What were they going to sign in January that could have changed this team? It's going to be a World Cup guy, Scott. You always have to say that there's going to be one <laughs> or two always, World Cup guys. There's always a World Cup guy. Uh, I will say... Um, yeah, they're going to get Weston McKinney. Nathan Jones, I think, is the name that is the front runner. Uh, he did really good work down in the championship last year, getting Luton Town to the playoff, uh, kind of playing okay. above playing above their uh, their weight, and uh, and with a lot of these young players that Southampton have, I think that's probably a really smart move if you're going to replace your manager. Perfect replacement for when they go back down. Yeah, they'll there you a, go. They'll have a championship there ready manager. But here's the thing about the, the important aspect on the FPL side uh, for FPL is on the Newcastle side. It's about having max assets. I mean, we've mentioned Elmeron's name, but he is essential. I couldn't resist it. It's I mean, the bane, I, look, of, uh, the bane of Brian Chesco. I is. had to. I mean, I you heard my apology if you listened last time we recorded. Scott, I, that did was, you, that did was you three that? weeks ago. Did you I, listen? I, no, I didn't. Hear my, it. I was. I I gave my I gave my my mea culpa for for steering everyone away or trying to Scott, steer everyone away from. It sounded Almiron. like this a little bit. I have a big butt. It's the. It's, look, it's, a, it's from. It's the Simpsons. It's been it's a few times well this pod has said it. Mul, mul, not just Brian. Apology. That's correct. It's it is our podcast official <laughs> apology, and Brian did that three weeks ago. We can you can crow on your good calls, but That's if you it. don't own your bad calls, and then what? Then you're less. Then you're not. You're 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 no man in my book. <laughs> That's right. Fair enough. So Touché. I. Almiron, look, Almiron, I told you, I already said he was, he came in. He was, I had two free transfers going into the last game week. It was an Almiron and Trossard no-brainer in for Foden and Zaha, which is only half good uh, this past week. Yeah, Zaha, we're going to talk about how informed uh, he is here. Just Almiron, <laughs> Almiron, look, he can't stop. And, and uh, I think it's, a, it's like a perfect storm for him. It's chip on the shoulder. It's having... A really capable uh, right right wing back and Trippier. It's his position. It's 
not being able to fully count on Callum Wilson, you know, all the time because of injury. And then this week it was illness. And no matter what, like he's stepped into this role and he's like, it's like perfect football right now. I don't know how else to say. I mean, he has, just since I brought him in and I haven't had him that long, he's gone up three tenths. Like it's a, it's like, it's crazy. It's true. He so, really is. There's not another player, even this week, even this week hosting Chelsea. You would still say, "Yeah, I think you got to have him." So look, always I I've been a Miguel Amaron fan since he has come into the league from Atlanta United in the MLS. Uh, okay, all right. it's not have deep. I ever owned him? No, but I've always he's always had a special place in my heart. Brian, Chisco. we went through the numbers last time. It I has am not, nothing to do with the flashes of brilliance. It has always been an issue of consistency with him. And for now sure. he's strung together. He's this is twenty. This is ridiculous. It's this ridiculous. Twenty twenty. Ilkay Gundogan is what this is. Well, it's since since week nine. It's fifteen seven three ten ten twelve eight. So an it's unbelievable. It run. is absolutely a James Ward Prowse esque hey, run. In fairness, it was not only it was probably two weeks ago or less that one of the I would say a top FPL content creator, uh, a, a group of them finally acknowledged, hey, it might be time to get on this guy. <laughs> and I'm just like, when I was listening to it, I was like, like really? Holy cow. Are you serious? Like it was. When he first started this hot streak, the question every time is, do you count on it? Do you believe in it or whatever? And no one did. No one would have said after he goes, even back-to-back, where you're like, nah, he's done this before. Now we're six games in, and it's like, if you missed two weeks ago, you're screaming about it. You can't you can't miss another one. No. No, for sure. And and I, that is the reason why I captained him this week. I wish, you, I wish Holland would have just... Sat his uh, enormous. I finally Norwegian hit on a bottom captain. right there on the. I right finally there on hit the bench. on a captain that was not Erling Haaland. Yeah, good. good which good is job. crazy. The problem is I still had Cancelo in my team. Uh, Trippier bails you out too because he subbed off early. Uh, there was a, a brief mo- scare for him, a hamstring complaint, which has turned out to be nothing. Uh, so everyone breathe easy. Well, you Gareth will Southgate breathe easy. You you will get his two against uh, Chelsea this weekend. <laughs> so don't captain him again. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's the one good thing about him is that they've been doing their business for seventy five to eighty five minutes, and then after they've shut the game down, they they let something cheap in, but he's usually gone by then because you you. Of all the players you cannot afford to lose, he's number one. Yeah. <laughs> right. So and he's usually he, get gathered three bonus points. Yeah, the time uh, he, he is. He is a bonus point magnet. There is nobody. He he is. He's twenty points ahead of Cancelo and defender scoring. Scoring, by the way. Yeah, thank twenty you. points. That's happened the last few game weeks. It's insanity. Thanks yeah. for the thanks for the minus two, you dumbass. <laughs> That and and and, <laughs> and Fabian Shar, who plays to Cher. listen to to Brian's credit, Cher Shar, whatever. Yeah, that's a how to say veteran. He plays in the same defense as Trippier, but Shar Cher Cher Shar mm-hmm. plays the entire match, and Trippier doesn't, and he's also not getting assists like Trippier and or goals. Yeah, there. But Shar is now he's in the top five. 
Yeah. He's in the top five of defensive scoring. It's crazy since he doesn't get anything, it seems. I know. Clean sheets, assists, goals, He nothing. gets something. He, he gets something. He is rightfully $1 cheaper than, than Trippier. Villa 3, United 1. We have to talk about this one. Uh, there was a new Shock manager. Shock of the weekend to uh, me. New manager for bump. Me. Una Emery back in the league. I know you're is excited it, though? to see that. Manchester United is hilarious. Bro. Count Dracula is back. Manchester United. I thought you were going to say good evening. Look, <laughs> I would love to cast so much shade on United at this point, but whatever shade I'm going to throw on them needs to be thrown on Liverpool. It's the same type of inconsistencies that sh- have shown up for Manchester United and shown up for Liverpool. Uh, table, Liverpool loses. Uh, table, man. Tell me the table and okay. tell me inconsistencies. Uh, they got shelled by Villa, but so what? Uh, okay, fair. L- but my, my and point I'm being... I'm no red, may I say. Liverpool loses. They lost to Leeds and Nottingham Forest and other teams they should never lose to. And then they beat Spurs and City. And it's just like, what Liverpool team is freaking going to show up today? You've probably been asking yourself that question the whole season. And it just seems like that's – I feel like United's in that same boat. What the hell United team's going to show up today? Yeah. I don't know. They at least have been able to string together, like, ascending quality performances to where you start semi-believing in them. This was – I don't know what this was because there was, this, this had, there was no business for this to happen. And yet I thought you would want to focus on the positives, Brian, which is Leon Bailey. <laughs> and I knew – I saw that when I saw. I do have a new troll of the season candidate, at least oh for the midway point gosh, that has surpassed sure. Leon Bailey. Uh, he's on the Manchester uh, side of this of the country, but Phil Foden to me is is the number one troll of the first half of the season. I didn't think anyone would beat Leon Bailey uh, <laughs> for the first half troll, but no, it's Foden now for me. But Leon Bailey is right there. Yeah, he's. When he's it's when he's looked good, he's looked amazing. He's looked world-beatingly good, and and it just hasn't. I I don't even know. I I feel like him scoring a great goal, or, or and then him getting a yellow card for tackling Luke Shaw, uh, just like I don't know, twenty minutes later or whatever. I feel like it's this like either one of those is the descriptor of his season so far. A guy who's had unbelievable quality in moments and also a guy who's like probably deserves to get a one every week. Subbed off at 57 minutes because he's just not doing very good. I, 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 I hate it. <laughs> Dina's the guy. I mean, Dina's no, free kick was, was Yeah, he'll was proceed to so give you two. He only ones. got that because Martinez yeah, I I was lined up the wall. I don't know if you've seen that video. It is an f- amazing video. Where Martinez is directing his two players in the wall to keep De Gea from getting a view of it, and then Dina punches him. You didn't like the just general misdirection of having Buendia and who else was standing over? There was three guys there standing over the free kick, and and Dina looked. I would I would have thought he would have been the last guy to take the kick, and he did. And not only did he, it was one of the most pinpoint perfect free kicks I think you'll probably see this year. But it's like are, are that, that's exact. I mean, that's my main question. Like, I, the way I have it written down, I'm serious. No, really. What about Aston Villa? This no. is stupid. Jekyll and Hyde, man. I don't know. I'm gonna have to see something after the World Cup break first. I really will. 
What is Unai Emery's stamp going to be on this team over the course of the rest of the season? I guess, I mean, the, yeah, great result against Manchester United. They are home to Brighton. So Brighton plays wide open. At least Deserby's Brighton has. I mean, Grandpire maybe less so, but Deserby for sure. I just feel like the more likely outcome is that, like, both sides play wide open and Brighton absolutely thrash them. Yeah. And it's 4-1. More than it is, like, like that there's any kind of bump here and Aston Villa somehow is all of a sudden good playing against Brighton, who's, like, already shown it. It could be uh, Deserby's going to have those boys buzzing, ready to play, I think. Look, I'm happily, I will wear my Trosser jersey for that. For that matter, Truster's been in my team. I'm glad you finally came aboard. West Ham one, Crystal Palace two. Conversation starts with Wilf Zaha. Fury, fury for me. Of course, of course, I sell him. Of course, I sold him for Marcus Rashford going into this week. Because oh, Brian, that seemed like that was a proper thing. To yeah, do. because two weeks ago, after we talked about how awesome he was at home and how terrible he was away, he proceeded to get two points at home against Southampton, and then goes twelve points away to West Ham. It's a, a perfect Wilf Zaha kind of a stretch of games. I got so sick and tired of Wilf Zaha every week. Me owning him, hoping that he would do something. Although I will say this, I should have. Instead of getting rid of Wilf, should have gotten rid of Phil Foden. Absolutely. And then kept Wilf and still brought in Rashford, but in my face. Hindsight's amazing. Uh, Nottingham Forest is such a winning matchup for everyone, no matter what. I don't know how, if you sold Wilf, <laughs> it's not insane to just course, course correct and go right back to him. I mean, it's I, one on week. It, Honest to goodness, yeah. This is everything is a. It's all one week punts here, and Zaha is not a bad one. It's Nottingham Forest. I don't know how else to say it. While we're on Palace, do not, under any circumstances, overlook Eberechieze and Michael Elise. They're both. Look, I don't know. I, when they start together, they all do good. I like they all help each other. They're so much more fun. It should happen every week. It it just I'm I'm I am shocked when it doesn't. Both have started all of the last four matches, and they are almost exactly even between Eze and Elise. Uh, Eze is way more selected comparatively. He's a little more expensive. I don't think Elise. I think he was. I mean, he has the game winner here. Uh, it's you know Zaha gets a goal and an assist, and he gets the assist to Michael Elise. Yep. Both of them are in the top. Eze and Elise are both in the top ten, kind of across the board. Like every stat, all the way down. Shots, shots, not shots on target. They're not. They're not very prolific, but they're creating a lot of chances. They're both in the box a good bit. Elise's been more creative, and he's more attacking in the final, like the penalty area, entries, the crosses. He's way more involved. And they're both on they're both on corners and free kicks. Like neither one of those guys is a bad choice. Again, Nottingham Forest at home. <laughs> Sorry, it's Nottingham Forest away. We can talk about Nottingham Forest briefly. They played Brentford this past week, two two. This this match had a, a referee complain or not a referee, a uh, manager complaining about the referees, largely a Henderson. Shin slap that was called for. Well, he was he was really gripey at the end of the match. Mm. 
Yeah, that's all. That's right. all the notes I have on that one. Two-two finish with Brentford. Um, I, my only my first note of for the entire week, like overarching comment about uh, what you're doing for game week sixteen. It starts with you are saying no to anyone on Brentford, Chelsea, Nottingham Forest, Southampton, and Wolves. You're not looking at any of them. You're not. You're not overwhelmingly uh, pulled in the direction of anyone from minimum from those five teams. That's it. I agree. Are you? No. Ivan Tony? No. You want Wissa? I I foolishly brought him in it's uh, uh like 3 months ago. You a big Mbwemo guy? Nope. Now? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> you thinking about putting on the Dean Henderson Sun cap. I had him in. I'm sure you. Lots of people did. Yeah, uh, but not right now. I have Nick Pope right now. Okay. I'm just saying. I just don't know what you're. I don't know what. Yeah, I agree. Is that is that okay with you? That you can just write off all these clubs, or is that a state of FPL not being as fun as it could be? I think it's a state of. I think it's. Well, I mean, everything about this season is still a little bit about pricing, and so. You wish that there was somebody. You wish that, like, I didn't leave. I didn't put Bournemouth in that list because I think home to Everton, it's not, it's not the worst. You're not not thinking about Solanke. I mean, this is didn't Bournemouth just beat Everton in the cup? Did they? Yeah, I think. If only there were a way. They did. So that's fantastic. I'm just saying Bournemouth's home to Everton. Everton's not particularly great on the road. They. They've been better than anyone I think expected. Uh, you have Jordan Pickford is saving way more. He's he like their expected goals compared to actual goals is like it's massive. They're massively overperforming what you expect them to concede because he's been so good. I just think Bournemouth is they're plucky. They're playing for real. Like I they know. seem to they're, actually they care. They seem to be and, a bit annoying. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I'm saying like there are a few. Play like I don't know how you don't look at Tavernier after what he did this week. Like he, it's it, two weeks in a row, right? Yeah, He's giving you returns two weeks in a row. It is interesting. So and, it's not an insane choice, is what I'm saying. Compared to the other teams that I named, though, like you're not even remotely thinking. Are you even remotely thinking of of I don't know Adama Traore? <laughs> like there's not anyone from. Wolves and Nottingham Forest, like you, you, they're just there's just nothing in there. If Andreas Pereira didn't exist on Fulham, you wouldn't even remotely be thinking. I don't even, you wouldn't even be thinking about Mitrovic. I think you, you would be, be thinking about the Meat Man. I think you would be trying to figure out how to move the Meat Man on. I don't know about that. With his with his health up in the air, I don't think you're like eager to play him. He's gonna be well. It's fair. We'll see about after the WCWC, but he's going to be in the starting lineup for Serbia. I'm just saying if you have... Whether he has one leg or not. I'm just saying you're looking at this week and you see Nottingham Forest is home to Crystal Palace. Your first thought is not, which which Nottingham Forest defender do I need to... How can I figure out a way to get... No, you're right in that area. I can get Brennan Johnson into my starting, my front three. I need to figure out... You're not doing that in any sense. Leeds four, Bournemouth three. It was interesting. 
I watched Dominic Solanke score and do the Hawkeye era, bow and arrow <laughs> that's, Harvey Barnes celebration. Bar- wow. well, funnily enough, in the next match window, you know, the the twelve thirty PM here in the US, five thirty England, Harv actually scored and did his own celebration. Can I just say that I didn't like it when either one of them did it? I think it's time to retire that celebration, but I did find it interesting that we got an imitation, and then the real deal later on. All that to say, bringing it back to Leeds 4, Boardman 3, Solanke does get you a goal, but that's not the guy I want to talk about. Doesn't anyone want to do, like, a bazooka? <laughs> <laughs> the guy. Why, why, are we shooting, why are we still <laughs> shooting arrows? Because it's the premier. Are we not in? Are we it's, not in the atomic age? I would English rather fo- shoot minimum. a nuke. Brian, I would English rather shoot fo- a nuke. English football is in the bow and arrow okay. phase. Yeah. All right. Uh, Crescenzio Somerville. Yeah, man. He's only getting more and more minutes every week, and his I, scores have been pretty great. Uh, you'll like this, Scott. Um, what I was going to ask you is if we need to create the uh, Somerville t- Tavernier corridor. Uh, because <laughs> between the two of them, it's 4.4 for Somerville, 4.9 for uh, for Tavernier, Tavernier. I, 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 however, however, if only there was a it, way. I just think that this is your this is your new uh, Andreas Pereira still exists. Has he gone up above 4.6? If he has, it's not much. Uh, that's that's now your lowest low bar uh, for players who are acceptable and playable. Uh, there was six, seven, and thirteen. I think it is in his last three matches. Yeah, Chris Crescencio Somerville goals in three straight. Also, I mean, Rodrigo's got goals in three straight. But guess who's cheaper than Rodrigo? Crescencio Somerville, who's got a six, seven, and thirteen. Wait, wait, like wait. you just said, a goal, goal, and an assist. My favorite kind of goal: the the one goal on one shot on target goal. Hey. That's going way under the radar, Rodrigo. Rodrigo's been. Uh, That's going way under the radar. Well, it's. I mean, a little bit semi because Leeds looked like they were down, and and Rodrigo came back from his injury, and he only played. I don't think he played. I don't. He came on as a substitute, I think. But then he, I think he scored as a substitute the like the second game, he was back, and then he's gotten goals t- t- twice since. 63, 51, and 80 minutes for Rodrigo in the last three matches. Depends on, and this week for Somerville, for Rodrigo, however you see Leeds, it probably depends on how you see at Spurs in conjunction with Leeds Mojo. So if you see, if you see a depressed Tottenham, but playing at home and you just think like, well, no, Leeds is like, there's, there's no team with more like fight and desire than Leeds right now than you know, I don't think it's a bad choice. I mean, we we talk a lot about names, right? You know, f- for I think more positive reasons than usual. I, I kind of like the name Crescenzio Somerville, even if he does sound like he's better suited for you know Lady Edith and down yeah, there. right, fair enough, Lord <laughs> yes, Somerville. Well said. All right, Everton nil, Leicester two. Already mentioned Harvey Barnes's goal celebration. My only question is, was Yuri Tielemon's goal the goal of the season? It's fantastic. Why does he only score that? It's like Ruben Neves only scores one way. Yeah. It seems like it's the same thing. Yeah, with it's got to be 20 yards out. It's got to be on a rope. And it's got to be unexpected. Yeah. the I think the big one for, I mean, Everton, just not, just not good. The... 
like the the different trajectories of like this like mid to end of the first half of the season for Leicester and Everton are kind of hilarious to me because Everton kind of just as they're like starting to pull things together where you're like, I kind of believe in these guys and they have a huge letdown. And then Leicester is like, they couldn't be worse defensively until like Valt fast, fast comes in. And now all of a sudden Leicester is like, no one can score on them. They're just like an unbelievable defense, like defensively they've been good and the attack is kind of coming together. Like, just such a weird uh, uh, confluence of things happening between the two of them. Uh, James Madison's the guy uh, currently mo- fourth most transferred in for midfielders. Makes sense. Lester's on the up, so why not? He's since, the best player. Since he's come back from suspension, he's got an 8, 2, and 11. Two assists here against uh, against Everton. I mean, of course, one of those is to Telemans, which you're not counting on that. But assisting Harvey Barnes on a breakaway toward the end of the match. Not Vintage Lester. Yeah, not out of the realm of possibility any week. Uh especially you want some West Ham stats? Because mm. Lester against West Ham, I think still really favorable. West Ham's been so weird. And all of their defensive stats are so like I think once you look at it, you're like, this can't possibly be the same team that was so good last year. And if you, I mean, we've talked, you talk about forever, like all the extra competition, that kind of thing. West Ham has conceded eight goals at home this season, which is the four, tied for the fourth most of any club. So they're not, I mean, they're not great at home. They're not particularly good on the road either. <laughs> But they're not. I they mean, haven't been good all season. Yeah, they have not been very good. They've not been very good all season. West Ham has the worst percentage of shots on target conceded in the league. They uh, they only take three point three six shots on target themselves. It's fourth worst. I don't think there's one player that you would think about. I think you're still. Mo- Do you have Daka? Still? No. I don't think... So, if you're thinking about... I was I wanted to talk more about uh, Justin, but he's got he got structured off today, so he's not a consideration for you anymore, which is which stinks, because uh, his price was amazing. But Hey, I lied to you. What? I do have DACA. <laughs> so, I forgot. Wow. I, I, don't know I, forgot. That, I don't know that I would necessarily be going to him, but I, he's probably the most trustworthy, like, by quality of the attackers, or of the front of the forward players. But if you're Madison and Barnes, for sure, definitely not crazy choices. Already, we said Madison's the fourth most transferred in for midfield. Right. Barnes is up there, but he's not He's not nearly up there as high as Madison is. I don't think Harv is a terrible choice. And then Castagna has been so just lights out for so many weeks now, absolutely deserving of all of the price rises that he ha- he's had. There's not one Leicester player that you could point to to say, like, yeah, it's not a bad choice this week. Lester, I don't know that you're necessarily looking at them as a defense to target anymore, and they're attacking players. like they, They've they never not been attacking. We've said that all season long. The attack has not been the problem at all. It has been entirely in the defense. defensively, yeah. why are they so leaky? They've cleaned that up so much. You're, ta- you're sitting and looking at a very happy... Uh, despite again another player, despite my best efforts that I tried to get everyone away from, 
a happy Danny Ward owner who seems to only be able to do clean sheets now uh, after the first <laughs> however so many stupid. weeks of the season uh, could not stop letting goals in. So stupid. Danny Ward. He is. He's I been know. fantastic. I know. He's whatever. 4.1. It's insanity. He's 4.1. We, ne- we never truly thought he'd actually keep the job, and, and he's lucked himself into a lot of points here. 4. I thought, 1. yeah. Definitely anyway. worth a WCC, WCC is, is probably. Extra C's as the pod goes along. Yes, that's right. Wolves 2, Brighton 3. We've touched on different Brighton assets. All I have to say on Wolves is another match, another red. Red card. Nelson Semedo this time. Your boy, Brian. I wish Semedo or any of the other players uh, from Wolves mattered, even remotely. Uh, hey, remember when we talked about uh, Hugo Bueno? Uh, Kinder Bueno. Who? Hugo Bueno. Uh, we talked about him several weeks ago. He came in. The reason why there was any attention to him at all was because he was three point nine, and he started in place of. Uh, I think it was eight Nori. I think it was one of the matches where Sounds I right. think it was eight Nori was out. Bueno came in. Uh, well, it turns out he's actually kind of good. He's started every match since then. The assumption was he was not going to be the starter. He came in, had such a good match in that Crystal Palace match the first week that he came in, and has put in really good performances every week since. He is now, he has started the last four matches for Wolves. You are absolutely not buying him to start him. You are not buying him because he is uh, great statistically or whatever, but you now have a 3.9 defender, Hugo Bueno, who, like we said in that podcast several weeks ago, uh, his teammates call him Kinder as a nickname. Kinder? Yeah, like the candy bar. Oh, nice. That's not it's a candy bar. It's a target here. It's yes, not it a is. candy bar. It's a, it's a candy bite. Okay. <laughs> Either way, he has started the last four. This is a, uh, look, you want an enabling player? That's your guy. He's at least getting That's a out good, It's a good heads up, Brian. I like that. Well, David's, or not Dave, Brian's talked a lot about uh, punts for Game Week 16 since it is the final game week before the World Cup break. I'm going to go ahead and take a negative eight. About to hit the button right nice. now. Sending out some dead weight for Great. some guys who should do well. I did send out Holland for this past game week. Brought in Callum Wilson. Didn't work out. Still Good. had a decent game week overall. But it's not I a bad hit, move. I like the move. I hit on my captain, Wilson. so it still worked out for the whole the big picture, but I'm undoing that move. That's one of the three. So Polisic, Rashford, Callum Wilson out. Pascal Gross, Miguel Almiron, Erling Holland in. Manchester United is uh, at Fulham. Are you sure you want to send out Marcus Rashford? Yeah. All right. I'm keeping Rashford uh, just for pod, pod, pod. I don't hate it because of who you're bringing in. But I, it's not because Rashford's bad. I, I still really like I Rashford. mean, when you watch even just United highlights, it's all Rashford. I know. It's all Rashford, but yeah. there's no finish. I know. Um, let me run position by position. You tell me when, okay? We already talked about Allison. Would you even think about it? Allison? Who? Yeah. Yeah. He's expensive. <laughs> oh gosh, no. This guy. But yeah. Hateful. No, no. 
Ramsdale, back-to-back clean sheets, about to face a toothless Wolves attack that could be missing, like we said, for at sure. least seven starting quality players. There's no doubt Arsenal holds a clean sheet this week. Write it down. Lock of the week. Clean oh sheet, boy. Arsenal. You talk about famous last word. I know. That's true. Uh, Guaida, like we said, Nottingham Forest. Okay, Here's a lot right of bills. There. Nope. Let's move on. Ederson? Uh, eh, expensive. Home to Brentford. Also outstanding. Yeah, Brentford's good for two goals. They'll just give up five. He is he is home though. Again, I could give you the numbers. Danny Ward home to or Danny Ward against West Ham, not the Ryan. worst matchup in the world. Exposition. <laughs> Zinchenko. You said when to stop you. Cancelo and Dallo, man, would have been great to have Dallo this week if it wasn't for his yellow card ban. If you have Dallo, he's a guy you could easily move on. I'm sure plenty of people have already done that. But if you're wanting to punt somewhere in your defense and you have Diogo Dallo, hey, Luke Shaw seems to be back. I would love to put him back in there again. Luke Shaw doesn't seem to be back, Brian. He is. He's been, he he's is been fantastic. Back. Luke Shaw is back, and he's been playing well. Um, Cancelo, like we said, is, despite being a complete idiot, is going to be available for Manchester City this week. Here's two big ones, okay? Uh, Ivan Perisic, just, again, a guy who I don't, I would like to I don't love own. To- he's probably going to be my punt this week. I would love to argue against him again, but I cannot because... He's now like playing striker for them. Yeah, because he played up front in a front two with Harry Kane. Yeah. Uh, the only issue would be if Conte decides he's going to play Lucas Mora, uh, Kulishevsky obviously was... Kulu's back. Kulishevsky is obviously healthy enough to play off the bench. Richarlison was in training this week. So he's no way he plays before the World Cup. I maybe he would also, I'm sure, love to get some minutes before. I like I I agree. I can't imagine Richarlison coming back for more than thirty minutes after this long layoff of an injury. However, I would imagine if he's fit enough to train, he'll probably play. Either way, Perisic one had two big chances this week. He put one of his shots like beat Allison, had it off the crossbar, so. Easily could have scored twice this year, or this this game against uh, Liverpool. Three shots, took all three shots in the box, created the most chances of any defender this week. Like, if he's if you could get any sense that Perisic is going to be back to where he was again because, because of the injuries that they have, if it's Perisic playing up front, it's, a no-brainer. it's an absolute, absolute no-brainer. Absolute no-brainer. Like, and and I, I'm willing to make that punt. In fact, that might be my one move this week is to bring Perisic in just to play him if he plays striker in that position. Which then frees up again Ryan Sessegnon, who has started the last three matches too. Uh, in the last three weeks, he's second for shots among defenders. Ryan Sessegnon, when he gets to play, like we've said this forever, it's not he's, he's been awesome. It's just that he's had to compete for minutes with – Perisic especially. So if the if Perisic is in for sure and is playing up front, Sessegnon's in. It's not a, it's not at all a bad idea. Okay. I, I could, would love to think love of that. both of those guys. We said Luke Shaw. Look, Tyrek Mitchell, if you want to, again, Crystal Palace, Nottingham Forest. I said Andy Robertson. Uh, Tim Castagna, don't, I wouldn't hate on it. Are you guys... Uh, you're not on Salah, Harvey Barnes. We already said the Zaha is hilarious. Eze, I think. Are you have Foden in your team? No, I'll never have him again. You have Foden? I do, but boy, I cannot wait to get rid of Greatest him. Greatest troll job of the season. Unbelievable. Uh, again, P- 
Pep again this week unhelpful. Literally said there's no reason that he's benched or not benched at any any match any week. Uh, he's went from being like a no brainer addition for so many people to now this week being a bit of a dice roll. There's Jeez. no way he gets benched four weeks in a row, right? I'm not willing to make that bet anymore. I like I just can't imagine he gets benched four straight matches. Home to Brentford? If you have any sense that Foden's going to start in that match, how do you not tr- at least try? I don't want any part of Foden. Don't look now, but Saeed Benrama could be a thing again. Three straight starts. You're right. I'm not looking. Two goals in his last three. Uh, two goals and an assist if you go back five matches. Uh, he's second only to Salah for shots in the last three game weeks. Uh, like, it's not an insane choice if you're punting on someone. On forwards, are you a pro or anti-Darwin this far into the season? What's your Darwin feeling as a Liverpool man? I haven't really looked at him seriously for my lineup. Okay. I'm not saying he's a bad player, and I'm not saying I wouldn't have him at some point this season. Just haven't really seriously considered it. I mean, it's it's been the same thing. You know, As Liverpool has gone, so have my thoughts toward Liverpool assets. I could easily see that changing after the World Cup. This week again, I mean, I, Pep is still saying the same thing about Holland. He said he actually used the words uh, uh, ligament minor ligament damage that that's what Holland is dealing with. Obviously it's not serious enough ligament damage that would prevent him from playing, but uh, Lino should have saved his penalty. Uh, 100%. So Lino proving that he is not an Arsenal player. He's not a world cup risk. So if he's fit enough, he's playing. I think it's we're yet again, we're in another situation where you will have the like early morning team sheet leak. Guess who plays first match this weekend? Manchester City and Brentford. Yeah, or, we, or it, the it early could have been match. left unanswered. We all knew the answer already. So you're gonna have the exact same. You're gonna have the exact same issue. Julian Alvarez. You saw what happened. He gets the start this week. He scores a goal. Like, like, what was Manchester City headed for if not for a, a Cancelo red card? You're not getting an Andreas Pereira penalty, I'll tell you that. No, that's true. I mean, you're headed for a normal 4-0 four, four thrashing of Manchester City. I agree. In that match, if not for Cancelo's red card. So, home to Brentford, you're looking at the same thing. Another Cancelo red except, card. I was going to say, except no red card. A 2-1 Manchester City victory after <laughs> Ivan Tony gets a penalty kick. Oh, my gosh. All right, well. Scott, I think we finally made it to the end of this pod. Uh, do you have anything left in the tank? No. Okay, fair enough. Well, listen, this will be the last pod before the end of the match weeks and the World Cup break begins. So there might be one more to get you tuned up and or at least before the break is over, we will absolutely record and get you all prepared for what we think should be the World Cup wildcard WCWC changes moving forward. For the FPL America podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.